in our nearly 500 episodes of Sidebar, and now Sidebar Forever, we've paid tribute to a lot of comic book creators on this podcast. But today's episode is special. Today, we're shining the spotlight on the life and work of one of our most beloved art heroes, comic book artist George Perez. George's career in comics spans four plus decades and his incredible art has influenced an entire generation of kids who dreamt of one day becoming comic book artists themselves, and many of whom did. Eventually becoming known in certain circles as the Duke of Detail, George began his career assisting artist Rich Buckler before rising to prominence to become an absolute fan favorite and a revered professional. Just look at his work on books like The Avengers, The New Teen Titans, Wonder Woman, and Crisis on Infinite Earths. He crushed them all. Recently, Perez announced via social media that he has been diagnosed with inoperable pancreatic cancer and has less than a year to live. And with that awful, heartbreaking news, he's ultimately decided to let things go their natural course. No treatment. It is often said that we should give the ones we love their flowers while we can. George, please accept this bouquet from the three of us. Dwight, Swain, and myself have read many a comic book filled with your wondrous drawings. And with each page turned, we were filled with delight and glee. You are truly a titan and a dream weaver. Thank you for being your amazing self. We know you couldn't help it. And also, we have some great friends of the show who recorded short messages for George and were kind enough to let us play them on this episode. You'll hear the messages later on, but those friends are Cully Hamner, Warren Muzak, Nur Padrina, Eric Cooper, Jesse James Christione, and Thomas N. Perkins. And to those of you listening, thank you for joining us on this installment of Sidebar Forever as we celebrate the life and work of the mighty George Perez. But what, what were you guys talking about when I first got here? Y'all were talking about Perez when I walked in. Yeah, yeah, just talking about like you know his, the early comics and how he matched up with Byrne just yeah, in yeah. terms of being prolific. Yeah, yeah. And just when you talk about Perez, man, just oof. Yeah. Uh, you get that rosy glow of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when you think back on the contributions that he had, the the the, the great artwork. I mean. You know somebody's made an impact when you can remember singular panels. Yes, yo. You may not remember the issue, but you remember singular panels. Yeah. Line for line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That, 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 him being different from some of his, his counterparts in the 80s, like Byrne, where he just had that really robust dynamism Mm -hmm. to his work, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the detail, clear the precision, clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I jokingly refer to used to refer to him as the Duke of Detail, <laughs> yeah, because that was his thing. Yeah, oh, it, wasn't there a story that every nobody wanted to draw the character Jack of Hearts, but him, right? <laughs> there was so much, or, yes, the, so. Uh, his uniform was so ornate and had so much detail on it, gorgeous. Yeah, and he was like, nah, yeah. that ain't that ain't you ain't said nothing but a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You know, so I mean, just stuff like that, and um, and not unlike, like I was telling you guys before we started recording, mm. that you know his stint on the Avengers to me, even as a kid, felt a little house stylish in terms of it was kind of his version of John Buscema in a way, mm. who's you know John and Sal's Buscema, John and Sal Buscema's Avengers, I love. Yes, mm. um, and it was kind of that in a way, so it was a little, it wasn't what he became later on. Mm-hmm. But he was getting there. Mm-hmm. And not unlike like John Buscema where, you know, the heroes are like, it's superheroes as Greek gods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, the, the stance and the, the you know, the uh, just the grandeur of, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, uh, uh, Perez's superheroes to me felt like 
before they started calling them metahumans, mm-hmm. his people felt like metahumans. Yeah. These are not regular humans. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are not regular people. These yeah, are gorgeous. super people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So for sure. But what were you going to say, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine, man. I was. I was just agree with you, man. They're, they're absolutely gorgeous, man. I mean, all his all his characters had, had, a, had a certain amount of of clarity to them. Um, they always had a, a good a good sense of line weight to them. You know, I, I and I was you know as as a as a burgeoning young artist myself, I was like looking at him like for detail and like mm-hmm. him, and, him and John Byrne, my two favorite. But but uh, Perez was like, I mean his his way his characters would emote mm-hmm. was like beyond anybody else's in, in the industry to me at that time. Mm. I mean you, you could see like and and his ethnicities were like always like like yes. like, 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 like like always on point. Right. And I wasn't like really into it. I was like, okay, who is who is George Perez? You know, but I, but I, when I when I saw his work. His work left an indelible impression on me. I knew exactly this, but right. who he was. Right, you know? and and became I, be, I became an instant fan. Really, yeah, mm. uh, looking at uh, yeah. his stuff. But what what were you guys' first uh, encounters with Perez's work, and, and and did you become an instant fan like I did? Yes, I can tell you, my first Perez book was Justice League of America one ninety three, nice. and it came out of a one of those you know. Those um, three packs of comics, yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the plastic bag, yeah, yeah. multiple choice, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, it was gonna be Avengers, Ghost Rider, and then and Uncle Scrooge, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Weird War Tales, yeah. Right. You know. Okay, right. a- and his and his um, Just Think of America one ninety three was in there. I remember it specifically because not only was it him, but he was drawing um, the villain was Doctor T O Morrow. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> clever! Nice. And it had. Um, is that the one with the ants on the cover? No, nah, no. Nah. This is actually had a red tornado, okay. and T.O. Morrow had constructed the red tornado. Nice. And the Justice League had to fight the red tornado, who was their friend by this time, the ally. But he was being controlled by Doctor T.O. Morrow. And what was the other thing about the issue? You know, not related is. It was Rich Buckler doing an eight-page insert, those super spectacular that yes, uh, yes. DC used to do. Yes. It was a super spectacular preview of All-Star Squadron, you know? Wow. So I was like, so that's why I remember the issue uh, apart from Paradise. But back to Paradise, though, the detail, readily apparent. Yeah. Readily oh, apparent. Oh, yeah. And that 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 standard Perez rubble was... Present, yeah. You know, you know, Burn had that rubble and the mechanics. Mm-hmm. There's that Perez rubble mm-hmm. that always stood out. Yeah. You know, and um, again, it was just the way that the characters would emote, like especially like his Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Batman wasn't in the league during that time for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was Superman. Um, what was Wonder Woman in there? I, f- I forget the exact lineup, but. It was just like, man, all these characters work for him. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, I started getting like, and this is back when back issues were so cheap. So I would be able to go to the shop and get another back issue of like the new Teen Titans, mm-hmm. you know. And I got one late in the run. Right. Yes. I got I got issue number 39 because I read about it in Wizard, you know. This is the one where Robin quits. You know, the one where Robin is walking away from them. Right. A la... Spidey, no more. Yeah, the back all, turned yeah, and, yeah. and 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 their, and their, their clothes. <laughs> it, is it on the cover? I'm trying to remember. They have like their clothes draped over the logo, like their uniforms. Right, well, like it's actually it's Robin and someone else. Speedy. Speedy. Yeah. They're yeah. Both walking away. Yeah, yeah, man. Fuck this shit. Yeah. I'm out. And, and that is, uh, <laughs> j- just to insert, that's one of the the, the things about Perez and really '80s comics where. In the 70s and the 60s, everybody pretty much stayed within the grid. They stayed within the panel borders. Mm-hmm. They didn't break the panel borders. Mm-hmm. If if it if somebody did, I don't remember them doing it. Mm-hmm. But that became very in vogue later on in the 80s. And mm-hmm. Perez was, if you go back and look at his old comics, he, like many of his contemporaries, he would break the panel borders. Mm-hmm. There would be char- uh, characters and figures outside of the panel borders. Mm-hmm. Um, another hallmark of his for was... He was a fan of the three vertical panels, mm-hmm. top and bottom. Mm-hmm. So he would limit the action instead of, you know, not, not widescreen per se. He would limit the action to those three vertical panels. Yeah. 
And so you'd see that recur a lot. And, and maybe that was to not have to draw a lot of backgrounds and to focus on whatever needed to be done. Maybe that was something that was requested in the script. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and look, there'd be three to four vertical panels. He used that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of one of his go-tos. But you talk about the rubble, man. The other thing was is, is Perez, as a descendant of Jack Kirby, was a fan of the Kirby dots. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kirby crackle, sir. Yeah, the Kirby crackle. Yeah. 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 So... <laughs> So yeah. you you would definitely see that as 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 another hallmark to mm-hmm. you know to his particular approach to uh, comic book making. And you're talking about like I guess his version would be Perez dots. It was readily apparent in like that DC Comics presents number sixty four or sixty three, the one with Omac. Yeah, uh, when, when Omac comes back through time yes. and there's the dots yes. all crackling. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a fire issue. That's oh, an is absolutely it? Absolutely, yes. fire issue. Oh man, of course. But but, uh, but also don't forget the infamous Avengers one sixty six show where 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 where, where Thor's will, will his hammer. Yes, uh, yeah. Go suck him, go suck him into the warp, and he and he says no, and he stops it. Yes. That's my shit. Yes, yo, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Old's blood. <laughs> yeah, always old as blood or old's blood. Right. Yep. But what about you, uh, D? Yeah. Oh, I mean, first time I saw George Perez works, it, that it would have to be like, um, it'd be Avengers, man. It would be mm. the Avengers. Yeah. That I recognize him as being like a, a true force. You know, I mean, it's like, damn, dude. I mean, you took us so much. It's like the the atmospheres, and like you said, the environments were they were saturated, man. Mm. You, you could feel, you could feel the the the, the grounding. Like you, I mean, you know, you knew when, even then, I knew when someone's taking a shortcut. Like you, you read certain comic books, okay, they're not drawing backgrounds. You know, why are they drawing backgrounds? You know, where, why aren't they grounded in the real world? Yeah, you know, right. I asked that question with George Price. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you, you knew exactly where they were, you knew exactly what they're doing, and you know, his his costuming was gorgeous, man. I mean. That and then when he went into the New Teen Titans, mm. man, he went next level New Teen Titans for me, man. Yeah, I mean, he created so many great costumes. Yeah. Taskmaster, of course, by going. Yes, Taskmaster, yes, yes. But, but also uh, Lex Luthor's uh, battle suit. He, he prepared as designed that. He designed George. Oh Pitt. man, okay. Luthor's, Luthor's battle suit. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, he he man, master draftsman, man, yeah. master, master uh, storyteller. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, man, it was the Avengers as well. And I've told you guys this story before, but, you know, it was uh, and there was an issue where they were battling somebody. And it was at the top of a half built skyscraper. So there are, you know, the girders and all of that. Right. And you can see the rivets and everything. Right. And there's an explosion or something and everybody is falling and plummeting to the death. And that's how the issue ends. Right. So of course, I'm like, oh. Man, right. what's getting ready to happen now? Right, and I'm sure I bought it in back issue, so I immediately went to to the to the bookstore, probably like Fisher's in uh, in Riverdale, yeah, Fisher's bookstore, okay, to get a uh, uh, you know the the next issue and figure out how they survived it, and of mm-hmm. course they survived it within like the first two pages, of course, and then the story moves on, right. But it was within that particular run where, and Dwight uh, was, was corrected me on this uh, uh, a few weeks ago, where. Uh, Patsy Walker becomes Hellcat. Hellcat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. So you know, they were creating a new character, and mm-hmm. anyway, it was just fantastic. But really, before that, it was Deadly Hands of Kung Fu: Sons of the Tiger. Mm. Oh damn! Okay. You know, the black and white ma- oversized magazine, Sons of the Tiger. He and uh, Bill Mantlo created the White Tiger, first Puerto Rican superhero. Okay. Okay. And I remember thinking, okay, this guy Perez is probably you it's know probably say. yeah probably Puerto Rican. Right. Uh, himself, and you know, and back then, even I knew. I was mm. like, in some cases, that wouldn't be, you know, like some of the Filipino artists will have Spanish last names. Of course, right? yeah. So you wouldn't know necessarily. You right. know, you see them, and, okay, this is an Asian person, right? But they've got a Spanish last name, but I was like, George Perez, and then I remember reading something. You know, he's from the Bronx, so he's from New York. Right. And the, so boogie the boogie down, yeah, yeah. yeah. South Bronx specifically, like, South, like, Bronx. Like, South, 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 South Bronx, South Bronx. But I think it was definitely that for me. Uh, and then, just like you said, you know, game New Teen Titans was game changer, mm. game changer fucking sir. game changer, game over, sir. In um, <laughs> Crisis, yeah, game changer, yeah. just game changer. Yeah. Yo, we like, yeah. what? Right, mm-hmm. you know, as a funny idea to that too, man. Is is uh, I was telling you a long guys a long time ago in Columbus, Georgia, where I, I went to, to a, a, shop, a, a shop to go and look in the grocery store, a little 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 mom and pop shop. Mm-hmm. I went there looking for comics, and uh, I looked at the comic shop. I was looking, and I saw it, Logan's Run number one. Well, it turns out I find out now George Perez did the cover for Logan's yeah. Run number one. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I got my butt beat because I was looking at George Perez's comic book. <laughs> and it was like, wow, it's, it's like full circle for me, man. It's like, it's incredible how, how much you, you take for granted as a kid. And you, you see things like, okay, this guy had, had more of an uh, impact on me in my life than I ever were truly able to, to right. uh, understand or admit. You're being a big Logan's Run fan yeah. and not realizing that that yeah. was him. Yeah. I forget who inked that cover. Yeah. Mm. But it, but it was it, it was the traditional superhero running at the yeah. camera, yeah. busting off the page, yeah. a la New Teen Titans number one or yeah. a la X-Men. Yeah, Giant Size X-Men. You know, where they're running at the camera. Right. And, um, yeah, run. just super dynamic. Right? Run, super, just run. Super dynamic. Um, just a little bit of, of background. For anybody who's listening to this, obviously we're going to show a lot of love for the mighty George Perez, and we may end up pronouncing it Perez or Perez yeah. mm-hmm. uh, as it's, it's closer to its uh, right. how it should be right. pronounced. No disrespect. Yeah, absolutely. Our lazy uh, 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 tongues here. We don't hold <laughs> our hearts like our, uh, our Latin uh, brothers and sisters do. Dude, right. It's Al Milgram. Al Milgram inked him. Oh okay. okay, okay, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, man. It's cool. But um but yeah, as mentioned before, he's he's from the South Bronx. Um he is a comic book artist. He's done some writing too, but he's yeah. primarily known as a comic book artist. Right. Uh started out assisting Rich Buckler, the aforementioned mm-hmm. Rich Buckler. Mm-hmm. Uh and then uh and then, you know, came into his own uh in the Avengers in nineteen seventies in the nineteen seventies. And he came back to that series in the 90s, I believe. And that's where I came that's in. That's where you came in. Yeah. As a 90s baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in the 1980s, when he co-relaunched the new Teen Titans with uh, with Mar- writer Marv Wolfman mm-hmm. and uh, inker Romeo Tongue, mm-hmm. that's really, to me, that's the crown jewel mm-hmm. uh, of you know of his his stellar career is, mm-hmm. is what he did on, on the new Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, did, did the Daily Hands of Kung Fu... Uh, he and uh, he again mentioned uh, he and Bill Matlow created the White Tiger. Uh, he also worked on the Inhumans, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he returned to the Avengers in the nineties. Created Taskmaster with David Michaelini. Mm-hmm. Um, he collaborated. That was the second big collaboration with Marv Wolfman on Crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, they worked together on that. He relaunched Wonder Woman with uh, with writers Greg Potter and Lynn Wein. Uh, and later on, uh, Mindy Newell, he did some writing on that. Uh, yeah. On that series, mm-hmm. I think for about a year, maybe. A uh, little less than that. A little but less than yeah. a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Return to New Teen Titans also drew Superman, uh, Avengers again, Infinity Gauntlet. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, worked at Cross Gen briefly. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Tampa-based uh, Cross Gen yeah. yeah. comics, uh, and then back to DC. And even though. Uh, as the saying goes, uh, I'll never let a statue tell me how nice I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Perez has won uh, Eagle Awards, Inkpot Awards, Comics Buyer's Guide Awards, and Jack Kirby Awards. As he should have. Yes, yeah. of, course. of course. Of course. Of course. He is, uh, he's married to uh, uh, Carol Flynn. I think they've been married all, over 40 years. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't uh, realize that. No children. Uh, he's had some health problems over the years. He, he lost mm-hmm. sight in his left eye mm. uh, several years ago. Wow. Uh, he's been uh, struggling to manage uh, his diabetes. Mm. Uh, and he retired officially from comics in 2019. I thought it was a, lo- a longer time ago than that, okay. but it was just a few years ago huh. that he announced his, uh, his retirement. He's you know, been doing like commissions and other things, right. I think, right. uh, but wasn't working full-time in comics. And obviously he couldn't with, the, uh, you know, with his vision appeared uh, in one eye. Wow. And on December 7th of this year, 2021, he revealed via social media that he has been diagnosed with inoperable pancreatic cancer. Uh, was given less than a year to live. Mm. And, you know, he's decided he's just going to forego any kind of a treatment and was just going to let things take their natural course. But he says he's going to try to make one last live appearance. Mm. And he says, you know, if he does it, he wants to be able to hug and, 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 and say hello to all the people who show up, each and every one, you know. And that's the kind of guy, when you hear professionals, his peers talk about him, and you hear fans, that's the kind of person that you hear him be. You know, mm-hmm. he's just a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a slew of pictures online of him taking pictures with fans. Mm-hmm. You know, not just signing stuff for fans, but taking pictures with fans. Yeah. You know, Always smiling, always grateful. Like, yeah. even seen him, I've seen him at several conventions in passing, and he was always gracious. Yeah. Always a kind guy. Yeah. You know, always a smile on his face. Yeah. Ooh. And always rocking the uh, the Hawaiian or the flower yeah. shirt. Yeah. yeah. And he's <laughs> a tall kind of, guy. He's a tall guy. He is tall, y'all. He, he is? is tall. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's about your height, Adrian. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Gentle Giant, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely one of our, you know, beloved 
art heroes and, and a beloved figure in, in comics. For sure. Mm. For sure. So. This is Cully Hamner. Aside from being a major influence on me as a budding artist and a huge new Teen Titans fan, as an adult, I'm fortunate to know what a wonderful man George Perez is. We all know it. And I hope he knows how much everyone loves him. Wishing peace to you, George. George Perez is an inspiration not only as an artist, but also as a human being. My favorite piece of artwork of his is the cover of Avengers 195. Thanks for everything, George. I am Nerpedrina, a comic book writer and artist for more than 20 years now. One of my inspirations as an artist is George Perez, an artist whose work that I always love looking at and trying to learn on his art pieces. George Perez has made a great impact in the comic industry with his very detailed and mastery of storytelling that can be seen best of all in the new Teen Titans, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinity Gauntlet, and JLA Avengers. The fundamentals and his innovations that he brought forth are something to strive for. His pages or panels with group shots and details cannot be matched. I was introduced to George Perez with the New Teen Titans Volume 1, Issue Number 2, Today the Terminator. The first time I saw that comics, I was hooked and I searched all the places where I can find his books. But it was really hard because there are no comic book stores where I live. You can only chance on some random issues from a few second-hand booksellers. I got most of the Judas Contract issues this way and issues 6, 7, and 12 of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And when I moved to Manila and started working, I was buying most George Perez titles that comes out. Up to now, I'm still buying back issues of his art, and I will always be a George Perez fan. You know, back in the day, you were either like an X-Men person, or a Legion person, mm. or a Teen Titans person. <laughs> I was all three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and because and because of the likes of, of George Perez. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, um, you know, I mean, did he? I could have sworn he did some covers for Legion too. Legion superheroes. He may have. He probably did. Yeah, he you know? may have. I mean, he's that prolific. There's, yeah. There's a point later on in the conversation. Where I definitely want to talk about like some favorite covers by yeah. George Perez. Sure. Uh, uh, for sure. But what what were you guys in terms of back then? Were you all X Men people? Were you Legion people? Were you Titans people? Were you none? I know Adrian came along in the nineties, so you were more X-Men. Wildcats and X Men person. Yeah, X Men all day. I mean, all day. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were really gonna ask that question. Yeah, I was just saying, <laughs> we know with whom we speak. You know, X Men first, Titan second, and then Legion. Okay. Know? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. 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 But uh, <laughs> he really, really made his mark, man. Just looking back at, uh, and we can actually talk about it now, but those covers for Teen Titans. Mm. Oh my God, man! The ones with like with Terra, where the Earth is coming up around man, her, and they're yeah, Terra. Man. Uh, the one with the uh, the Russian super was it Red Star? Red Star. Red Star. No, Starfire. Star- no, not Star- not Starfire. Starfire is that's, that's Coriander. Coriander. No, but what was it, like? He had a Red Star. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't he also? Wasn't there a previous Starfire? Besides the one that he drew, there was there was a red. I think, it's, I think it's red. I think it's, it was called the Red Star. I'm pretty sure it was Red Star or something like oh. that. And and they brought them back. And I remember it being like a point of contention within the comics. Within like, the comic itself, yeah, they mentioned it. Maybe you're right. I think they might have might have been Starfire yeah. or something. I think in the price guide it even says Starfire One. You know, okay, meets. Oh. Starfire, and he oh, has yeah. goggles and the uh, the the mask cut off with his right. hair out and the da. green outfit. Da, yeah. Dovey Jean. But yeah, and the and the red star on his shirt. Yeah, and, and he was fighting for his sister, wasn't it? Yeah, sister was sick. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, why is this guy like? getting in our ass so hard but he was fighting for something more than just right. you know his honor or you know for man, bragging rights or man you know what's another classic cover from that Teen Titans run the Doom Patrol thing with oh, Robot Man oh, hanging like yeah. crucified oh, in the swamp yeah. man oh, my if God. that didn't make you pick that 
that shit up. I don't know that's, what would. Yes. And then you had to get all three parts. Like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. That was, <laughs> that was fire. The one where they're, uh, all the characters in the center of a spotlight and there's these white uh, lights or white uh, uh, design images. You're like little jag. Yeah. yeah pointing yeah. towards it. That one is great. The uh, uh, What about the one with... Um, the one with um, he, like he's great at drawing like just regular people mm-hmm. in the midst of like the heroes. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the one called Runaways with like the kids in the background of like oh, all yeah, these yeah, missing yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I forget if it was Robin and Donna Troy. Just like you know, they're like showing concern. Right. But yeah, like the face of all these normal kids. This was like know? a very special issue. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, man. But man, mm. that, 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 I'm sorry, man. That, that bear and blood design, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yes. No, not bear, but brother blood. Brother, brother blood. blood. There you go. Brand High. Brand yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was in uh, Invaders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, and the, Trigon. Trigon, yes, of course, man. of course. Trigon. Raven's dude. dad. Yeah, man. Tripping. Raven, man. Those clouds. Raven's dude. tripping. Yeah, yo. Sad. And that, and, that co- and you know. It took Rob Liefeld to mention this of all people, uh, but he's a big, big, big George Perez fan sure, sure. from way back. He even met him several times. Right. And he made this correlation. He said, if you think about it, there's correlations between the Titans and X-Men. Oh, yeah. When Raven manifests her powers, it's, it's a bird like Phoenix. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Storm, you can make the corollary to Starfire. Mm-hmm. They're the sexy kittens of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got the the strong asshole leader, Robin and Cyclops. You know, <laughs> you got the metallic strong guy, Cyborg yes, and, uh, and Colossus. And Colossus yeah. yeah, but you're, you're just missing like the homicidal maniac. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which was Wolverine and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, Garth, uh, the Changeling is is actually uh, like Mike, a nightfire, uh, nightcrawler. There you go, exactly. And his name is Logan, so I guess his corollary would be. Logan and the X Men. There you go. Yeah, so there you go. So it's funny how they they matched up like right. that in a strange way, and then you get like them crossing over yeah. in eighty two or eighty three with yeah. X Men Titans. Yeah, I remember that. And you know, when even though Walt Simon do his ass off on that, yeah. Could you imagine how great that would have been if Pettis had the time Sir, to draw that shit? What? Are you mm. kidding me? <laughs> and then Terry Austin inked that joint too. Sir, what? Sheesh. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Yeah. To, to put some context, too, for for newer, uh, uh, for younger people, you know, like, so the, the Teen Titans in the Silver Age, I guess to back it up, you know, it was very popular to have, for a hero to have a, a sidekick. Yeah. You know, to because the people who were reading comics back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, mostly were teenagers and, and younger, preteens. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they given these kids sidekicks so that there was kind of a wish fulfillment for the, the readers. Right, yeah. Right. So you had Speedy, who was the sidekick to Green Arrow, mm-hmm. Aqualad, Kid Flash, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My ward, <laughs> he's a lunch. junkie! Right? <laughs> <laughs> Got the eight ball. <laughs> um, you know, Wonder Girl and Robin. And they're kind of goofy. Like yeah. in the 70s and the Silver Age, they're kind of goofy. Right, right. You know, it's like, ah, oh, they're on their own adventures. Ah, whatever. Nobody right, really, right. really cared. Right, right. And then when he and Wolfman relaunched them in the 80s, they were more like uh, angsty young adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for me, like the X-Men always felt like they were 30 years old. Really? Except mm. for Kitty Pryde, they just always seemed like 30-year-olds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were supposed to be in their 20s, but they just, they looked like grown men and women. Okay. The Teen Titans felt like that 23, 24, 25 area, post-college, I'm an adult, I'm kind of trying to figure out who, what kind of a person or what kind of I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, you know, sexual relationships. Yeah. You know, Robin was dating Coriander. Mm, was you it? know, Donna, right. <laughs> Donna was dating Terry and eventually, you know, got engaged to him and married him. Mm-hmm. And... So they felt like young people trying to find their way. And they had these really overbearing or looming figures of their mentors mm-hmm. that they were trying to break away from. So, yeah. you know, Robin is, you know, some years away from, like, totally becoming Nightcrawler and not being Robin Nightwing. anymore. Nightwing. Nightwing. Nightwing, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Nightwing and not being uh, uh, Robin anymore. Right. And, and so there's a lot of that. And then, like you said, you have the introduction of, you know, a character like Raven you mm-hmm. know, and Garth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Vic Coriander. as uh, yeah. and Coriander and uh, and Vic as uh, as as cyborg, as cyborg. Mm-hmm. you know. So it was it was kind of a more serious thing, and mm-hmm. I really like felt that at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, because again, I, 
you know, they're like, you know, like Robin would be smashing, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you know, Starfire, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Terry and uh, and and Donna would, you know, they'd be in the bed, and you know, you'd see some of their domestic life. Right. So it was a very different thing from the X Men, right. where everything seemed to hinge around the adventures as opposed to, you know, like you know, Scott and and, and Jean. You know, they're going to get together, but you know it's not going to last. Yeah, I You know what I'm saying? Really. You know, right. you almost got a sense. Her days are numbered, you know. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but that was kind of where it was. So, this was a very serious take on the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really was like a, you know, hey, let's really, let's mix this up and really make this something different. It was like a CW for the CW, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know yeah. Mature yeah, mm-hmm. themes and, and coming of age story. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to you guys on... Uh, uh, and Adrian specifically, Encyclopedia Johnson. All right. Some other great covers. Again, in the 80s and 90s, the covers were the thing. You know, your burn covers, your Simonson covers, mm. Michael Golden, Garcia mm. Lopez, mm. Bill Sienkiewicz, mm. you know, Jim Lee and the Image Guys, uh, 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 the Guy Jenners, you know, uh, Adam and Cully and Brian, you know. There was a time where we would, we would buy covers just for the cover. Yeah, for sure. But Adrian, yes, sir. Uh, the Crisis Seven cover, where he's holding Supergirl. <laughs> Which George actually later on recreated with a, uh, a cosplayer to convince. I saw that picture. Photo. Yeah. <laughs> oh! So, so I guess I did. I have seen how tall he is. Yeah, yeah. he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a tall, tall guy. Uh, Avengers one ninety four. Avengers one ninety four. Which one is is that uh, Taskmaster? That's no, that's one ninety six. With Vision on the cover, and he's shooting a beam out of the uh, the jewel on his head, and these tentacled uh, mechanical tentacles are moving around on the cover. Anyway, it's one it's one of my favorites. I, you may not remember. Yeah, I haven't that. seen that one. No. Um, Avengers one ninety eight with Red Ronin. The robot. Yes. The big robot. Yes. yes. Which was the era, I guess, of the. Uh, Jim and uh, and Transformers yeah. and all that. Shogun stuff. Warriors. Shogun Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red Ronin. Uh, Avengers 200. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know. I always love those anniversary uh, issues. Yes. Because they would be thick and then the cover. You know what? You know what this is real. This is real particular. I love that when they would do like the number of the issue. Mm-hmm. And like and like uh, this stone Granite. or rock, yeah, yeah. Rock, like, yeah. Boom. <laughs> and I love that on that two hundred ah, cover, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> um, the cover for the Wonder Woman omnibus, where she's got her hands over her head. Oh yeah. And you got Themyscira and uh, her mother in the background. It was kind of almost, kind of like a Maxfield Parish kind of a thing, mm. you know, with the stones and the uh, the pillars and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, deep cuts. Okay. Marvel two and one number sixty one. With Thing and Starhawk on the cover and the Kirby crackle all around the he, Yes, yo. He just yes. mentioned that. <laughs> yes. He showed that to me before you before you arrived. Yeah, yes, yo. Man, bro, I love that. That shit was awesome. Man, that bro. was one of my that was one of my favorite covers ever. I mean and I mean not to mention the fact that it introduced me to like the, the world of Adam Warlock in a, in a strange kind of way with with right. her. Right, but man, it was man, <laughs> absolutely gorgeous, man, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And, I mean, because I like the design of Starhawk a lot. Yeah, and it was like to see to see him like in full like like flame out mode like that. It was mm-hmm. it was it was. For, Starhawk was in the Guardians. Yeah, Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and the and the and the movie version is like played by yo yo Adrian. It's just, it's just alone. <laughs> like, oh. uh, he does the voice in the. No, he, no, he, no, he plays the character Starhawk in the in the, in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Is he? Really? Oh my goodness! Sadly, 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 hey, sadly. Hey, oh, hey, I don't know. Oh no! We going to fly into space? Oh no! <laughs> Dang! Cut me, Peter! Cut me. <laughs> uh, another deep cut uh, would be Marvel Team Up number sixty-five. Oh, man, do you know that one? Mm-mm. What's on that one? Uh, Spidey is battling Captain Britain on top of, again, a half-finished yeah. skyscraper. Yeah. Always a half-finished skyscraper. It's always a half-finished skyscraper. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I remember that because Captain Britain, I believe that was a new design for Captain Britain. Now, is this the, that's this the one, not with the Union Jack, but the one with the, uh, the lion, the, lion, yes. the food lion. Yeah, and it's, got the, uh, it's got the, the, the scepter. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. And the fighting with the scepter. Yeah. 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 And I just remember having that book. I remember mm. having that particular issue. And then another deep cut, uh, Marvel Fanfare number 10 with the Black Widow on the cover. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. But there's, there's other ones. Uh, there's one in where it's real dark and uh, Robin has taken off his Robin outfit 
And there's like, you know, it's like almost like a Drew Struzan thing where it's like a collage of there's images, there's heads in the background, and then there's mid-sized figures. Right. But it's all very dark, and Robin is in the foreground, and he's he's lit. Uh, I forget what what book is what book it is. Maybe Detective Comics, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been like he's like he's half shadowed and yeah he he always did that those type of shots very well where like the characters would be half shadowed yeah. and it would give gravitas to the cover yeah. like they would be looking staring at you yeah. just like you were talking yeah. about the the one with the kids wasn't that one yeah wasn't that that same that same motif yeah, yeah. kind of the kids face are half shadowed and everyone's looking concerned yeah it's like yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, we were talking before we started rolling uh, of the recording, and we were talking about people who worked well with Perez. Mm. So, I think to me, and he may he 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 himself may even feel differently. Yeah, yo, yeah, yo. You're looking at a picture. Dwight just pulled up a picture for you on his phone, and we all fall in love all yeah, over man. again. Those lips, man. Yeah, you know. Um. But I think Romeo Tango is, mm. is that's his Klaus Jansen yeah. for me. That's, that's his, his Terry Austin. Austin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was talking yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 As much as I love like we talked uh, the Omac uh, story in DC Comics Presents where mm-hmm. Pablo Marcos uh, yeah. uh, inked him. Right. I mean it's just Romeo was just it was just that it was that thing. It was the writer and mm. the artist and the inker it's a and the book. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. characters, the yep. time period. It yep. just all was just a perfect storm of like nerdy goodness yeah. mm-hmm. so that's what I, I, that's what I see but who are some other people that have done well as an inker on Perez because I'll give you I'll give you a good one he did collaborate with Austin on X-Men Annual yes. X-Men Annual 3 I where they it. went to go fight Archon mm-hmm. I have it okay. I man pulled it out, I pulled it out before Archon, I left yeah. bruh in preparation wow. that is a beautiful looking book yeah. jeez yeah. but Austin during that period he was hot now, you Ar- put him over a lot of people it would just be like it's Austin. There was an Archon was in the Savage Land, right? No, he was in the alternate dimension. Okay. And yeah. X Men had to go there because it happened with something. I remember the issue opened with like you know Jarvis talking about. Hmm, I wonder what's happening with Funky Winker Bean. You know. <laughs> 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 and then Archon trans, he like um, transports into Avengers Mansion. He's like, I got to find the Avengers. I got to find this and that. And somehow the X Men get roped into it and they go to help Archon in his alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, Perez and Austin. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful. Um, Dick Giordano and Perez. Oh yes, yes. That was. Mm. I think the debut of Luther's battle suit, the cover. It's that yellow cover, mm. and there's a picture of Luther on it in the suit. And I think Giordano. Okay. Not, either that was. The, I think Giordano actually inked Gil Kane on that uh, on that issue. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, him inking Perez. That's that is a fantastic. Cover. Oh, that's great. And Dick Giordano. Come on, bro. Come on, man. I mean, yeah. uh, just yeah. uh, unimpeachable. Yeah, just. just like pretty much anybody. Yeah. yeah, you know, pretty much anybody was better. You know, mm-hmm. with, uh, with Dick, Dick Giordano. And someone else who's good, um, Jerry Ordway, inking him on a Christ on Infinite Earths. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You did it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. And, and then you know, speaking of teams like that. Here's an unlikely one. Uh, back in uh, Action Comics 600, you know, the anniversary issue, um, Wonder Woman and uh, Superman, like, meet up. And this comes from Adventures of Superman 423 or so. The cliffhanger end of that was Superman lands in, like, this forest by this lake wet night. He's like, oh, is she here? Is she here? Like, who? Who is who here? And he said, like, oh, at last. And Wonder Woman comes up and kisses him wow. and they like embrace like what the hell right see action comic 600 coming soon Are you damn right I'm gonna see action comic 600 <laughs> <laughs> so you get the anniversary it's always stick it's like great and it's John Byrne drawing the Superman figure and it's George Perez drawing the Wonder Woman figure wow. and he's inking and Perez is inking the whole thing but they specifically said, John, you draw Superman. George, you draw Wonder Woman and just ink everything else. Hmm. You know? Wow. And it's beautiful. Wow. It's beautiful. It's it's crazy beautiful. I'm looking that up, sir. Yeah, yeah, you should. Action Comics 600. And then in the 90s, like you mentioned before, when um, Perez came back to do the Avengers, I know a lot of people might not feel this way, but I think Al Vey was kind of his Romeo Tangal 
in the 90s on their Avengers stuff. Mm. When you look back at it now, it's like so the line is a little too soft, but it worked. Okay. For whatever reason. Okay. Paradise has said that he preferred somebody else. Like Al didn't really give him the line he was looking for, mm-hmm. but it worked for me. Like yeah. as a 90s kid, I was like, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah, this is fine. I yeah. think the one thing I didn't like about that 90s era, and it's it's just consistent at the time, was is the the new coloring, people hadn't really perfected it. Mm-hmm. So you go back and look at it now, and it's just like everything is so saturated. And for him, he is a guy who puts a lot of hatching and a lot of uh, rendering on the figures. So some of that gets washed out when the colors are too dark. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so now you almost have to, I guess you started seeing in the 90s and in the 2000s where people would adjust for the coloring, you know, and maybe leave it a little more open line in certain places and let the color create the, the depth on the figure or the depth on the, the, the object or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but that, yeah, I can see that, man. I can yeah. absolutely see that, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, uh, you know, your appreciation for it in that, in that era, man. Yeah, yeah, because it was, because, you know, you're coming out of that whole image era, everything's crosshatched. Scott Williams, Scott Williams, Scott oh, yeah. Williams. Oh, yeah. And I was, but I still had a balance of, I liked classic back issues. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, knew who Perez was by that time. Mm-hmm. So he came back to do the Avengers. I was like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, oh yeah. I yeah. was I was all for it, yeah. all for it. Yeah. The, um, did you guys read his Wonder Woman run? Any of that? I read a couple of issues. Yeah. 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 I did too. And I have, I have friends who really liked uh, that particular, because that was one of the, the, the latter day attempts to uh, kind of cobble together a, a, a kind of a seamless origin and right. a seamless, like a characterization of Wonder Woman that worked. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will point to that mm-hmm. as being a forerunner to, like, let's say what happens later on with uh, Cliff Chang and um, uh, Azarello. Azarello yeah. and uh, in other other Wonder Woman runs where they, you know, that, that was the one that kind of set her on a path where mm-hmm. she wasn't changing her outfit every other. Right. year and right. wearing a white pantsuit one year with go-go boots and you know and, and that was you know those were the only things that were really interesting about her right. you know is just, you know taking her back to her roots yeah right. and, and I think that Wonder Woman run for Paradise it deepened that Greek connection as well right. like he really took a plum at saying or a drawing rather like all these parallels there's Zeus there there's Ares yeah, yeah exactly the design awesome. for Ares yeah, yeah that's a great design <laughs> all black and yeah, red eyes yeah yeah you're, yeah. you're fighting too you're putting it down man He's she's taking some licks and she's dishing them out too yeah <laughs> <laughs> she was awesome yeah and, and him drawing Cheetah as, as a villainess again you know um, I think it's an underrated run, and I, and I say that as someone who's only read just a couple of issues, mm-hmm. and it, you know I think it's probably definitely more deserving of attention, mm-hmm. you know, because we know all the mind blastingly great stuff, mm-hmm. Infinity yeah. Gauntlet, Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, JLA Avengers, yes. yeah, you know what I'm saying, which yeah. finally came to pass, mm-hmm. and I remember that was like his thing like JLA Avengers like back in the day in like 80s press like you would read about it oh it's this hallowed thing like oh my goodness Mm -hmm. it's like the great white whale Mm -hmm. it'll never happen and then when it finally happened yeah it's like oh okay right it looks great it looks fantastic but it's just like oh right Oh, okay. But you could not have found a better guy <laughs> yeah. to draw a book like that because he has just never... Like, if anybody was built for teams, mm-hmm. it's him. Mm-hmm. Anybody was built to draw, like, multiple individuals doing things and two or three different characters Seriously. in the same panel Seriously. and uh, all of it, and you not lose your place or not lose your sense of who, these, who they Killed are, it. he kills it. Didn't he draw... Didn't he draw that issue of Avengers where um, Henry Gyrick came in and said, y'all have too many members on this team. We got a Bring it down to seven. I think so. And it was like this huge, like, the assemblage of all Avengers came. And you can almost hear, like, the murmuring in, in the mansion. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so speaking of which, and I didn't pull this one out. Wasn't it Perez who drew the issue of the Avengers where Jarvis had his own adventure by himself? Was it? I believe it was. Might have been. Like he he did he like runs errands and saves the world or whatever, and then oh, the, wow. the just come back and Jarvis is like, yeah, I handled that shit. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was George Perez. If I'm not mistaken. If I'm if I'm mischaracterizing that uh, or misremembering that then see that, that the whole Avengers period, like you know the story y'all mentioned earlier about Count Nefaria. Mm-hmm. I'm missing a third part of that. 
but I know that one. But like that Corvax saga oh, and okay. Marcus and Marcus. <laughs> I'm they Marcus. He can stay down the street. <laughs> but yeah, like that that whole period right there. That's a that's a blind spot for me a little bit. Like that '70s Avengers um, Perez. Mm-hmm. I always keep meaning to get get down to tax and read that. It's goodness, yo. I know it is. It's I absolutely it is. goodness, yo. Man, yeah. I got to tell you, man, I, I, we covered this already, but uh, definitely Perez for me, after um, Teen Titans, New Teen Titans, when he when he did, when he did developed the, 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 the essence of what was Omega Men, the mm-hmm. character, character designs from that, it was like incredibly awesome. Omega Men for DC? For DC. Really? Yeah, man. He did those designs? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I didn't that. mean either. Oh man, dang! Because yeah. I, I'm because re- um, they're introducing they're introducing in, in, in Teen Titans. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's course, yeah. right. Blackfire, Corey Anderson's sister was was a uh, yep know, part of the old Omega Men uh, world. That's yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, man. He you know, I think I think even he designed um, um, Lobo. I think initial design for Lobo. I could be wrong about that. Hmm. I thought that was someone else. Yes, someone else. Yeah. I think, well, it's the latter design, but there was another design. Where Lobo looked like a clown. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that first design yeah. was like, they ain't even, right. they ain't even at all. Right. They don't look like him. Right. 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 <laughs> but, um, yeah. Hey, George Chris. It's me, Eric Cooper. Hey, man. I wanted to thank you for everything you've done for the industry, sharing the fruits of your labor. I wish you peace, harmony. I want to always thank you for always inspiring me to keep on writing more books. You always come to my table at the cons, and I would always ask for a book. And I was honored to have you as a character in the Merge novel. And I put you as a teacher for the, um, for the main character for Merge, as an art teacher. So that was very fitting of your, of your uh, title and your, uh, you know, you, you just do, you're just amazing person, always full of energy. I love you and your wife. And I wish you the best and God peace be with you. Hey everybody, what's going on? This six year Just James of Just James Comics in Glendale, Arizona. I'm doing this video in the great, great honor to be able to wish George Perez a great, great future in the 2022 season. I know he's going to be hanging out with a lot of fans uh, and really enjoying what the comic book community is about. Uh, George Perez is not just a icon. I think he's someone that inspires everybody every day to be a better person. Uh, and to be kinder to people around you. So, George Perez, here's to a great uh, next 2022, and I hope that you achieve everything out there that you uh, have goals for. So, uh, good luck, and we will hopefully see you soon somewhere across the nation. Hi, my name is Thomas Perkins, and I'm a character designer in the field of animation. I first discovered the work of George Perez back in the 1980s on books like the New Teen Titans and the Justice League of America. Heck, he totally blew my mind with the multiverse-shattering series Crisis on Infinite Earths. He drew such cool characters and amazing worlds that it greatly inspired me to want to do the same. His art was a huge inspiration to me growing up, and though I went on to become an artist in the field of animation rather than comics, the desire to create interesting characters and worlds for them to inhabit has never left me. I would like to say thank you for all the amazing comics, Mr. Perez. Oh boy! And you and Adrian, you were talking earlier about like uh, like uh, uh, influences, mm-hmm. like uh, his so Wolfman and Perez's relaunch of the Teen Titans set about like a new version of the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! And really, all of those animated versions of the Teen Titans that we saw afterwards, they're all George Perez and Marv Wolfman's Teen Titans. Yep. My favorite. Which is Teen Titans Go? Mm-hmm. That's straight up eighties. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. It's just funny and it's just yeah. quick and it's for kids. Awesome. See, I like the previous version. That Teen Titans Go after a while was about tiny shit. <laughs> I love it, yo. So <laughs> my daughter Skyler, she loved it. We, oh, we, I, we watched it. We loved yeah, it. Uh, fun, man. Yeah, it was very fun, yo. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and the characterizations, uh, like you know, Starfire. It is of this one, you know. Right. You know, <laughs> her, her characterization and Robin is kind of the smart the gun you know, yeah. yeah. You right. know, come on, we're going to do it. And they like, come on, man. And right. then Vic and, and Garth and all they're like, buddies. Yeah, yeah it's like a like buddy, buddy cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. But all that stuff owes a debt to the Marv Wolfman, George Perez yes. run from the 1980s. Very and even so. you could even say that we don't get Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Without the new Teen Titans, that's true. Yeah. it's kind of a you know, it's a uh, 
it is a uh, a descendant mm-hmm. of of the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe even directly. I've never read as much, but it could mm-hmm. be, that could be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. As far as like the pantheon goes, you know, of comics, mm-hmm. um, and I've always felt that you know, like. Like when we certainly when we talk about the eighties, mm-hmm. his name is in there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. His name's absolutely in oh, there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um but just in the Pantheon and I kinda wanted to, to mention too, to give some context to uh where he falls in terms of you know, class, if you will, mm-hmm. for the uh for the comics. So, you know, you've got guys like Jack Kirby and Joe Simon and uh Macroboy and Lou Fine working in the forties, the golden age. Mm-hmm. And then in the fifties and sixties you see Jack and other people who worked in the in the forties, you know, after the Second World War ends, they go back and they start working in comics again. And these people are more like professionals. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're writers and journalists mm-hmm. and artists mm-hmm. who kind of fall into comics and they make a living at it. Uh, comics are not respected, mm-hmm. but they're just kind of pros, just kind of doing the work. And then mm-hmm. you got so you got like your Bissemas, mm-hmm. Kurt Swan, Kubert. Uh, Bob Kaniger, Carmen Infantino, Wally Wood, uh, Wally Wood, uh, John Romita Senior, yeah, Steve Ditko, of course, uh, John Marie Severin. Mm-hmm. That's like the fifties and the sixties. Mm-hmm. And again, these are professional people mm-hmm. who are just making. It's publishing, really. It's just right. publishing, right? Draftsman. Mm-hmm. But you see, in the second class, or maybe third class at this point. Is when you see the people come in who were fans of, right, of the, work. the 60s and the 50s right. and were like, I want to do this. Next level. Yeah, like, I love this. Mm-hmm. I, this ain't no job. Right. You can pay me, you know, a meager page rate or whatever. And I they did. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I'll drive for free, will you? Really? going to be cinema. So you have a, you know, a fan creator who comes about in the 70s mm-hmm. so you have like Roy Thomas mm-hmm. Danny O'Neill mm-hmm. Bernie Wrightson Mike Kaluta Lynn Wein who's collaborated with uh, Perez before um, and then later in the eight in the 70s you know you have like uh, Perez and John Byrne mm-hmm. they're starting to come in uh, I think Dennis Cowan started his career in the 70s yes late he did 70s. Mm-hmm. Dennis Cowan uh, Dwayne McDuffie Joe Duffy uh, Anna Sinney, Steve Gerber, Christopher Priest. These are all people who were, who eagerly wanted to make comics, to be comic pros. Mm-hmm. And so it was a different vibe. And I say that to say because, to me, looking at Perez's work, as much as I loved Carmine Infantino on, on The Flash, or Joe Kubert on uh, Enemy Ace or Tarzan or something like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Perez had had the heart of superhero love. Yeah, yeah. You could yeah. feel it. It was feel tactile. It, it was yes, palpable. Man. Yes, man. It was unignorable. Yeah. That's even a word. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so to me, he's a part of that. You know, you could feel the. I I draw good. Right. But I love this shit. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, it yeah. came up. It came about. So yeah. in in the grand scheme, <clears throat> where do you guys see him, and how do you guys place him? I know he's you know. Well. On the on the on the um, fictionalized Mount Rushmore comics, Mount Comics more. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. There's 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 like there's 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 three heads. Okay. And just just three. Just three. It's a four heads. It's four heads. Four heads. Four heads. Okay. So like a Mount Comics more. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's there's. There's definitely a spot for Perez on there for sure. Yeah. I'm not like sure. He goes back and forth between positions because. That guy, man, he could draw anything extremely well and make you love it. Yeah. Like, his stuff to me, man, reminds me sometimes of, of like, you know, you, you know as a kid, you know, you look at, you look at your, your, your Sunday morning newspapers, and back when he had Sunday morning newspapers, and, and you had, you had the, the comic section. You open it up, and you see, like, this, this, this impeccable draftsmanship by um, one of the 40s, 50s artists, 60s artists talking about back then. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what's his name? The Star, the Star Wars comic. Al Williamson. Al Williamson. Mm-hmm. And level of details in that. Perez to me is an akin. He's, he's a direct, direct lineage of, of that kind of that kind of draftsmanship, and and you look at it, it's like wow, this is so. It's almost candy coated. It's almost it's almost like 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 too perfect sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's like damn, did he just? Because it looks like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, you take this stuff for granted. You're like, who this? No one's drawing comics. Comics appear magically. You mm-hmm. know? Who's who's doing all this this great work? And you look at his work, and it's like wow. This just this shit just makes it looks like it looks like looks real from the beginning. This little start, this little into it, you know. Everything he does is looks real to me. I, I think to some extent there are certain there are certain art in comics where 
you look at it mm -hmm. and you just melt into it. Yeah. Mm. There's some art where you look at it and I mean you almost bow to it. Yeah. You know, and then there's someone like Perez where his shit grabs you by the collar. Yeah. Like you're reading it and you're looking at it and it's like, yeah. oh yeah. my God, it's yeah. so it's dynamic, it's, it's so physical, yeah. it's so robust. Yeah. And you it's 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 you're not you can't passively read a George Perez comic. You can't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you read it over and over again too for, yeah. the, for the detail and yeah. the small minutiae he puts right. in and bring the story forward. Right. So like that, there's a cover in the 90s that he did of the Avengers uh, where everybody's got their hands held like holding swords up in the air. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's like 50 figures or whatever. And yeah. Like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Look at each and, one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And the detail is there <laughs> and the rendering is there. Yeah. And, and it's it's not unlike like the Neil Adams with uh, Superboy and Legion of Superheroes where they're all flying mm -hmm. in profile. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, one side you know, of you them. Just see, you know, you can just see it all. And you're like, oh. Yeah. But... His work, you can't passively look at him. Mm -hmm. It's too engaging. Mm -hmm. It it requires you to, like, invest. Yeah. You know, yeah. and in a way that's just different. You yeah. know, I could I could admire Neil Adams' drawing. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just I'm drooling over the drawing. Oh my God! Look at the drawing. The drawing. Oh my God! Perez mm -hmm. is like, it's always big event comics, it's and it just, yeah. it just grabs you. Yeah. Know? It's a world event. Yeah. Guys, man. But. What about you, Adrian? Oh, man. Uh, he's someone that, across the whole strata of his career, he's always been universal. Well, maybe at the beginning, he was still sowing his oats. But past that, always universally accepted mm -hmm. across different generations. Mm -hmm. You know, the 70s guys, you guys, mm -hmm. 70s and 80s guys. Mm -hmm. um, as a 90s kid, mm -hmm. when he came back and was doing like, you know, well, even at the beginning of the 90s, like, Infinity Gauntlet was really hot, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that, that that one cover he did for Event, Infinity Gauntlet was just, oh, of course, with the... With the... With the... With the... Yeah, come on, come on, yeah. come on, and sir, the right, on dog, come, come on. on. Yeah, yo. Come on. Fine. And then the other one where it's just Thanos in the middle of space, and he's just doing a finger like, come and get me. Right? right. Well, I'm dying for right? it. He's, he's the only artist, man, that, uh, from from the 80s and 90s, the 80s in particular, that was not, that was, that was late 80s, mm -hmm. that, that, did Jim Starlin's Thanos the way that the way the way that Jim Starlin did? Yeah, like his, he just looked craggy. It's, it's my second favorite Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starlin's is my favorite. Yeah. It is my second favorite yeah. Thanos. Mm -hmm. he, carries, he carries the weight of him. Yeah, you know? it's like gorgeous stuff, man. Yeah, man. So I mean, as far as like him being in the pantheon, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like you can you can't get around him. You, yeah, you, you cannot. You cannot. And you're talking about a guy who's been around for forty plus years mm -hmm. making comics. Mm -hmm. So four decades he's been rocking. Ooh. He rocked it and he came in and, 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 and cut his teeth in the seventies, came into his own in the eighties, came into his own again in the nineties, and continued to work into the into the two thousands. Yeah. You know. So that's a long time, you it know. Is. Uh and, and just, you know, has remained a fan favorite and a you know, an admired and respected, mm -hmm. you know, professional. And relevant, you know? man. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I wanted to end with uh, a thing that he posted. I, I, maybe it was on a, on a blog or something. I can't remember. It might have been in an art book. You said it was an art book. Yeah, it wasn't an art book. Yeah, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, he, he's kind of talking. Uh, he wrote this, and he was he's talking about his his life and his, his his career as a comic book creator, and kind of what it means to him. And again, this is a, you know presumably a you know relatively poor kid, you know from the South Bronx. Mm -hmm. You know, who uh, wanted to do this. And, and I want to read it uh, verbatim and we'll end here. But it says, Comics have been my passion since I was four years old. They introduced me to reading and they provided me with a means of temporary escape within a dreamscape that existed beyond the often harsh realities outside our South Bronx apartment. I was whisked away by the words and pictures of Dreamweavers like Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Otto Bender, Gardner Fox, Kurt Swan, Robert Kaniger. Gil Kane, John Buscema, Roy Thomas, Barry Windsor-Smith, and so many others. Now, as a Dreamweaver myself, inspired by those magnificent storytellers, I hope that I've been able to provide an avenue of escape and wonder for those who followed my work and shared my dreams. The young and the young at heart need the comfort and the wish fulfillment of dreams. Every time you strive for more than what you already, every time you strive for more than what already exists, you are fulfilling a dream. 
And when you encourage others to do so, you're a dream weaver. For me, it's a wonderful way to make a living. A marvelous dream come true. Amen. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just, you know, great words. But, dude, he is a... Uh, He's he's a he's he's one he's, he's a real one. He is man. He's a real one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you hear people say that, and yeah. uh, as 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 badass as Neil Adams is, is he's he's kind of a pompous asshole. <laughs> as is Burr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. But you just you know, I, the one of the I believe it was one of the maybe it was one of the guys that I uh, asked for audio from. Mm-hmm. He had posted a picture when he found out that Perez had announced his uh, his condition. He posted a picture, take a picture of Perez. He was like, never meet your heroes unless they're George Perez. Mm, right. Meet your heroes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's the reputation he had. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.